dawning, held in the holy waters, a global community of empathy and intelligence. We walk with one vision, enter the temple. politically conscious and politically active visionary and current community leader in the incredible Tamara in Portugal. At only 30 years old, Martin has been leading the Global Peace Network in Tamara for over eight years, whilst taking part in the Grace Pilgrimages from the Middle East to Colombia, giving his heart to research, education and writing, and remaining an active member and leader of their community. Tamara is one of the longest-standing communities worldwide, with over 40 years of experience and a radical history of experimentation, research and education, they are now home to over 200 members devoted to a unified vision of Terra Nova, a world in peace. They believe in a future without war, in love without fear, and work towards this vision by creating healing biotopes. Healing biotopes are communities and centres that research and model a new planetary culture, with strong ethical foundations. They are open, self-healing systems that mirror the self-healing design of living organisms, where healing is not defined by fixing an illness or problem, but in overcoming separation and restoring the natural wholeness of life. Community is their central strategy for global system change as autonomous, decentralized models for a post-capitalist world. Regenerative, revolutionary and deeply rooted in sacred reverence for all living things. We are honoured to share this space and bring you this conversation on the power of community. Okay, so Martin, I'm just going to start off with one of your quotes that I've just been reading on your website. Um, It really resonated with me and I feel like it's a perfect, perfect place to start this conversation. The necessary global shift begins by radically reimagining our civilization. If we have an authentic vision for a nonviolent, regenerative way of life, a culture of solidarity and trust, we'll be able to midwife the global transition. I feel like now we are in a deeply, deep, deep process of navigating a massive global shift. And I'm wondering how how is um, Tamara evolving through these times of change? Where can you see expansion or contraction and is there a rebirthing underway Hmm. yeah it's a very deep question to begin with first of all thank you for this invitation and hello to all the listeners of this podcast Uh, yeah i feel that we are in times and probably this is not just in tamara but around the world where uh, like ex- transformation in many ways accelerates and my sense is that 
part of this transformation is really that um, the aspects of our souls, but also of our collectives that we have kind of pushed to the fringes or swiped under the carpet, as we might say, that we have suppressed into the shadow realms, um, that they're coming up. So it's a time where we, where it's hard to avoid um, contradictions and conflicts that exist in, uh, in, in, in the social life. Um, yeah. And so I feel that, yeah, in Tamara, for example, we are, um, I mean, the, the, the community has been based on this, um, for 40 for over 40 years on this idea that like in a in a group you find all the light and shadow sides of humanity if you if you if you look deep enough and so if we can work really deeply to understand and to shed the light of consciousness onto these processes in a group then the the field that a group generates can really catalyze um, a, a transformational leap for humanity and so I feel that in this time that we are now in, and especially yeah, with, with the whole COVID crisis and with lockdown and with um, growing societal polarization and uh, yeah, the, both the prospect of emancipation and totalitarianism, um, you can feel um, how those energies, they are also moving into Mara. Like they are, I, I think every community, every intentional community, I've heard this from many people, um, how, how you can see that there is this, uh, how, how fear is coming up and how um, this is really, um, like it, it, is such a, it's a, it is such a need to nourish that which can really bring people together and to create processes and um, check if the if the if the forms of social togetherness that we have cultivated whether they still whether they serve that we make ourselves visible to one another in a way that we can support each other also when there are differences of opinions. Mm -hmm. um, and I feel like for Tamara also that like yeah there is this there is a, there is a, there is this process of really looking at what are what are um, like. Yeah, how, how are we together and what are the forms that, that serve us and also what are the aspects that we have to um, that we have to have to integrate um, I mean there is for example a whole like I mean Tamara has has looked a lot onto the taboo questions of love and sexuality and now there is now we feel uh, the issue of death um, is one that we that we need to look at deeper or also the questions of uh, surrounding power um so yeah i feel i feel it's like it is also it is also a time where where um there is a blessing because we are we are being shown a lot of working material and at the same time there's also a process where, where we see that on a material level on an economic level um there is really this need to root even deeper in the region in the land supporting the growth of decentralized regional self-sufficiency systems that allow us to be independent from the large-scale uh, centralized globalized systems um, this is this is running in parallel i think there is really this big calling right now to create spaces where we can fully step out of the logic of uh, systems based on a power over paradigm mm. 
Mm. Really, really beautifully answered. I wondered if you could talk a little bit about the the processes that um, I know Tamara has done in the past and whether they've been um, evolving and, and shaped anew to deal with these conflicts that have been happening and that are happening in the world and obviously happening in the microcosm of community. How, how do you deal with those emotional processes and, and tensions? Yeah, so actually this was one of the starting points of the project over 40 years ago. Uh, some of the founders came out of this student movement uh, in the 60s and the leftist alternative movement in the 70s where so many communes were created in Europe at the time, also North America and other places. And witnessing how uh, people were just unable most of the time to deal with the interpersonal conflicts that come up and the structures of anger and mistrust and competition that arise and seeing that the like for them the uh, they realized that to create lasting community it would be necessary to go beyond the conventional ways of communication um, that are kind of based on this binary of like politeness on one side and then outbursts of anger on the other mm-hmm. um, but to really go to a level where um, and create actually social processes that allow people to to uh, show themselves like to reveal themselves in um, in ways where they no longer have to carry like a mask of pretense of a social figure um, behind which their true being hides but to make themselves recklessly visible and this um, understanding also this perception that to really see another human being is to love this being and so um, this is and this is especially true in conflict because what makes conflict so difficult often is the is the identification that arises in the different parties of the conflict of um, you know creating creating division creating uh, also hostility and so and so uh, a lot of the like like processes that, that that have been created is to go really deep to understand and to make visible what um, is happening in oneself we do this through different forms uh, for example uh, one that we uh, have cultivated for a long time is called forum mm-hmm. and another side of this also is to kind of contextualize ourselves in a bigger framework than um, is possible through the Western notion of self, also through Western psychology, um, but to understand that we are actually products of history, like that our problems and our structures are not just um, the result of individual socialization, but we are we, we are products of culture. We are, um, you know, we have inherited structures from history, and and we are undergoing a shared evolution. Um, with humanity in, in many ways. And so this is also a really important one. So it's not just work on an emotional level, but it's also work on a, on, on, a, on a bigger contextualization. And I would also say that an important part for us, and this is something that has been come up, coming up stronger in recent years, is um, the need to find um, 
a spiritual anchor, like a, an, an understanding or a consciousness of um, finding our, let's say, cosmic identity, which is beyond any change, any conflict, any um, imperfection in a way, um, and that we create spaces of ceremony, also spaces of um, wonder, of um, inquiry into the world that allows people to meet each other outside of the limited spaces of our social interaction, our psychology, all of this, because this gives us also nourishment to, to face that which needs to be transformed. But the, the, the conditional, the, 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 the psychological self, this is, not the this is not the foundation upon which our being can rest. And so there is constant struggle also that comes from this inadequacy of um, our notion of self, so to speak, if that makes sense. Um, yeah. Yeah, I feel like... Maybe three lines. In, in the... In, this, in the development of community and the intention of community within the framework of uh, where we live in Australia and our society, um, I feel like we're really behind in what community actually means. And when Isabella and myself came to Tamera, it was so evident that community was an interpersonal a soul, a soul retrieval. To, 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 to be in community was to retrieve your soul. And here in Australia, it's very like, yeah, we'll, we'll get a group of friends together and we'll grow food and we'll live on property and it will be really beautiful. And, you know, growing food and, and, and building a house is the easy part, but it's that deep soul searching that you need to find people that are, are equally committed in that sphere of undertaking radical change within themselves and in that realm of love and sexuality and death and bringing ritual and ceremony into those practices what what would you suggest and what what steps do you think people should take wanting to start community with the seed in their heart knowing that it's going to be a radical process of self-development before, you know, you start growing food and having children. Where, where would you begin? Would you, where, what would you suggest? Because I feel like during this time of COVID and the uncovering of the shadow aspects of self, uh, people are being drawn together because it's been separated so severely and now it's like an, a, a rubber band and we're snapping back together and we all want to be together. And yeah, it's like we don't we don't have those processes and forum ready. I mean, we can learn them and Isabella and myself are undertaking um, different courses and shamanic shamanic courses and, and holding ourselves and others through through their own processes of rebirth, but on a community scale, where do you suggest we begin? Yeah, thank you for what, for how you put the question. There was already a lot of yeah, a lot of knowledge, and there are a lot of answers that you gave. I feel um, I don't know if there is an answer that applies to everyone, but I think the first one is 
um, I think you yourself said it already that like we really have to transform this notion that community is about moving together, uh, purchasing land, and um, yeah, like it, it is it is actually almost like this romantic image of uh, marriage, and then <laughs> you you know you have that you have your house, you have your partner, everything seems perfect, and what then? And this is. Um, I think it is really important that people um, become conscious that when you really go into community, then you face like all the issues of, of human um, coexistence. And there is, there is so much longing and there is also so much trauma that you might not even know about before moving into, com into community that is um, that is condensed in this um, in in this in the, in, the, in ours in the social issue of of how we live together and um, in a way like by building community um, we we address the this wound of separation that of the culture that we come out of and so I think it is really important for people to understand what community means i think before moving into it and it might be good to actually learn with the community that um has um you know kept up or has has been has been functioning for a longer time to to, to understand a little bit what are what are the issues who am i in community um and also to understand like learn from the mistakes that, that communities have made uh, because it's, it's not necessary to, to repeat them. And also to check, like, is it actually really mine? Like, do I have the power to found a community or is mine um, to, to, be, to join a community that exists and serve there and learn there? And then maybe at a later point, I create one myself. And then I think community also can mean so many different things depending on what the intention of people is like what their and, and what what their goal is what their values are and so i think a mistake that many people make is they first move together they think it is about liking each other um and then you are in, stuck together in a place and realize that actually the the ideas the 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 idea of what the goal should be what the values should be are very different and I think it is really important to first envision and 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 figure like do I do the people with with which I with whom I want to do this do we actually share the same goal do we do we share the same values and I think the the more you are aligned in vision the more precisely you can attract the people that um, resonate with that uh, particular calling and then I think it is also really important to, um, yeah, to, to gather knowledge and understanding about how do we, um, how do we deal with, with, with interpersonal conflicts. We already touched on that a little bit. And I think it is important for every community to have a goal that is bigger than just the interpersonal coexistence because in that interpersonal coexistence as we already said like there is so much conflict that it can come up where you will need to be able to rely on something that is outside of the conflict 
in moment when the conflict is activated so that you can stay together. Mm. Because when you look into, into like the larger, like when, when you have a larger view on life, then you actually see that community is not just a lifestyle question. Like it is not um, because I'm unsatisfied with uh, living alone or in a, in a nuclear family that I want to live in community, but actually all of life exists in community and, mm. and in the systems of nature, communities fulfill essential functions for the health and the, um, yeah, the, the orientation of, of, the, of the whole community of life. And I think if a community can find that sense of purpose, um, there is a, um, a transcendence of ego, which is very important to deal with conflicts, but there's also a power that comes that allows people to go through the, the friction um, that we experience on the way. Yes. <laughs> so beautifully said. Thank you. Oh, that's just like so, it's so rich and it's so powerful and it's so needed to, to it's, it really needs to be heard what you have to say and what Tamara have, have experienced. And after, after we, after our, we only spent one week um, in Tamara and stepping into the, the field, the, the frequency in the field of trust at Tamara, it was like I instantly started healing and I, it wasn't, I didn't even need to be anywhere, you know, and I was just like, this is so much bigger than anything I've ever read or, or, or seen or heard of. And coming back to Australia, I was just like, you guys just don't understand what's going on there. Like this is a radical quantum jump in consciousness and we have the seed inside of us to, to bring that forward. And it's been such a, it's been both like a, an exciting and really sad reality, not being able to articulate what you've just been able to articulate to people that we meet. And I'm just so, so grateful. Thank you. Mm, yeah, thank you. <laughs> um, we have another question. Yeah, I just want to lead in in from that one. Um, Britt touched upon the the field of trust, and I love I love that that approach to um, being a centerpiece of community, and community is a centerpiece to the organism of the functioning of all of life. So I wanted to talk a little bit about um, what Tamara calls the sacred matrix, which I feel is essentially speaking about a quantum revolution um, that is happening, manifesting from the non-visible, intangible quantum world of thought and emotion and spirituality, which is having a really tangible physical effect upon the, the physical world. And I wondered if you could talk a little bit about that and how much of that practice is actually encompassed in the community and how it, it even came about, that idea of taking a real quantum approach to like a nonviolent experience of relationship and how that serves to create a field of trust. Yeah, so... 
I would say the sacred matrix is like this. First of all, this is a concept or a term that was coined by one of Tamara's founders, Dieter Doom, to describe a pattern in evolution um, in, the, in how life self-organizes. So, um, and, and, and this understanding kind of comes both from looking at insights that were gained in different disciplines of post-materialistic science, but also the development of the community itself. So in, um, in the last decades, there were, there was, for example, chaos research and complexity theory and this understanding that um, holistic systems or living organisms um, are able to self-organize and self-regulate and that there is uh, there are qualities of complexity and intelligence that are inherent to uh, life and actually with that also expanding the, the very notion of life to uh, for example, the subatomic realm, like areas that so far we, we didn't necessarily call life in this narrow organic biological definition. And um, then in the community, there was also this whole process of trying to reconnect with that which really heals people, but actually also animals, the earth, and, and understanding that when, um, in this case, people come together in a way that really aligns us with a way of living that generates trust and cooperation, that self-healing, self-regeneration powers are activated um, that, yeah, are usually not accessible so long as people live in, in fear or in in yeah in forms of, of competition so so in the in the in the 80s in the early days of the project there was a whole series of experiences with um self-healing or spiritual healing even of of the, of strong sicknesses that people had um and then when people came to portugal uh, and started um living on this land here there were all these very special encounters with animals where people realized that when when people are in a are in a state of, um, of of deep trust and openness, then even wild animals react in a very different way. So there is um, so, so 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 part so part of the sacred of of the understanding of the sacred matrix actually is to see that um, that there is a deep vision of unity in which all beings are connected, like the that the that the whole thought realm of, of hostility that we that that we become have become so used to in this in this patriarchal civilization is actually is actually a distortion of of a, of a fundamental stream of life of evolution and so this is um so it was a so so turning towards the powers of healing there was this insight that not only um is, is healing like a circumstantial phenomenon but there is actually a whole realm of life a whole order of existence that is moving in this direction and so that of course changes even the understanding of community because um you know you can 
some creating community, it can sometimes seem as if you're completely powerless in front of like all these interpersonal problems in front of a global system based on war and exploitation. And suddenly you see, no, actually there is um, in our attempt of, of creating a community and actually much more than this, creating a culture that is based on trust on, and on peace, you realize there is a whole, um, there is a whole structure of reality that is supporting this movement. And so that really changes, um, that really changes our, our perspective and in terms of possibility and also it is so important because we live in times where it is easy to lose orientation because the meaning making systems along with the social systems that have upheld society are really coming down mm -hmm. and so we are required to find orientation in a diff on a different level of, of existence and so this is in a way the spiritual anchor that I find is so important for community and especially in the Western world. I mean, when you look at indigenous communities, this is like, um, you see they are very, like um, many indigenous communities are, are anchored in this, um, in taking a conscious role in the community of life. And I think coming out of this long time of alienation as, as Western um, white people, this is, this is like part of relearning community is actually relearning our place in the in the sacred matrix of life. Do you feel like in in the in like you know pre pre COVID pre maybe like even maybe perhaps even nine eleven and the, and the war there was like a a real like like a real push and a real trudging and a real like a fight almost to push push through that that membrane of fear and that membrane of the patriarch to get to the other side and then since these big moments and shifts on the planet and, and in, in society it's almost as if the sacred matrix is naturally and quite quickly presenting itself and perhaps even more easily easier now than ever to tap into? It depends. I think it really depends on, on how you approach and how you look. I think it is, I think like part of the nature of our time is that we are really challenged to move into a non-dualistic way of thinking and so this means there is not just one truth or one right perspective but i think there are different ones and i think um and this really aligns with what you say about the quantum view that um i mean quantum like one of the um insights of quantum physics is that you know, a particle um, is only a particle when you look at it and it is a wave when you don't look at it. So there is not, there is not this, um, on a materialistic level, there, there is no way to find ultimate reality. And so I think this can also, this is also true when we look onto the social and political reality that like you can both see um, a growth of totalitarianism that is fueled by fear and by, the ideologies of domination and supremacy and, you know, all these surveillance systems that are created around it. But there's also another way where we can say that 
um, all of this is just in a way the last gasp of um, you know an old pattern that is now being opened up by healing powers and it is ever more easy <laughs> to to connect with those um, with those powers and this possibility so I think both is true and uh, in the end it really depends where do we where do we focus on uh, what is what is the reality that we that we nourish but I think it is also um, it, it is so important to um, yeah, step into a complex thinking that allows different possibilities um, to coexist. Um, because we are, like, I, th I think we are really, um, we are really challenged to transcend polarizing thoughts, thought forms, um, in a way that we learn um, dialectic being, dialectic thinking that really serves. Um, I mean, teacher Nathan would say interbeing. So, um, yeah. So I think, so I think it is true, and I think there is also there is also um, some people have been saying that the the, the more the the, the current um, political, economic, social system, the closer it comes to its to its inevitable breakdown, the more we will see the the possibility of utopia and dystopia increase simultaneously and, mm. and and so i think um we find both of these realities inside of ourselves like i can certainly say it that like there's a there's a reality of 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 belief and of insight and of opening up for new possibilities growing or sometimes it also feels like reconnecting with an ancient knowledge mm. and at the same time there is also um the reality of fear that is just becoming more and more exaggerated but I think um, if we can, if you can look at it from this from the side of feeling, you also see it is becoming exaggerated in order to be seen. And as it is under, as we can consciously and, uh, see it and process it, it is it is also healing and being transformed. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I feel like that's a a beautiful place to come in with the importance of ceremony and and ritual and prayer. And the presence of that and the meeting place of that is both a social binding and a spiritual anchoring within community. And when we visited Tamra uh, two years ago now, it was such an alignment that uh, we have a hemp clothing business and we just made T-shirts saying sacred activism just plainly um, across the chest. And when we arrived, we, we sat in on a beautiful talk about activism and Tamara's role in activism and the the council that you held between a lot of the activists that were going on at the world um, at that time and the difference of philosophies that Tamara had in comparison to the more traditionalist approaches of um, you know marching on the street and and being really loud and active and how Tamara's approach was a more ritualistic um, prayer almost um, quantum yeah you could say approach to that and I wonder I know that you are a leader of the global peace work of Tamara and I how do you incorporate what's your balance of being physically active in that realm and emotionally spiritually active in that way as well and how does that uh how does that work within areas of crises that you've experienced and does it empower your 
your belief in peace or what belief looks like? Yeah, so one of the tenets or core beliefs in this project is that we can only create as much peace in the outside as we are able to create inside of ourselves. And I think that gives a good orientation for the kind of balance that we want to cultivate. And I think it is also really, yeah, it is an important aspect for peace work because it is easy to lose oneself, um, especially in a world that is as troubled as ours to yeah, an infinite actionism, activism. And I also think that um, being completely turned inward um, can also be a way of, of, of escaping the world. And so what we are trying to do is um, being active in the world, um, standing in solidarity. Also, yeah, in recent years, we have stood here in Portugal uh, up to the fossil fuel industry that has been trying to... Uh, drill in front of our coast those things are necessary but it is it is always important um how like what a key role the inner uh reality plays and this is not just for our psychological well-being but i think it is also a key for the success of those struggles so um yeah i think it is it is so much of um of this struggle that we find ourselves in is decided by like, um, like a new understanding of power. And in that sense, when you, for example, when you stand up to the fossil fuel industry, it is interesting as a, as a spiritual seeker, as a peace worker to, to study your thoughts and do you cultivate anger against uh, those companies or the CEOs or whatever um, and thereby without knowing or without noticing like projecting power onto them and you know becoming becoming desperate or do you act in a way where you know that um, my action my thoughts uh, my words my prayer is really powerful and, and can change reality and so I, I, I feel that this is, uh, those are some of the um, ways of sacred activism that um, yeah, we've been cultivating. And I also want to say that this is not just us, but it's really like we, we are emerging and are joining a movement that people uh, from so many different walks of life and um, cultures have been have been cultivating for for a long time also strongly learning from um, indigenous people uh, we have also been very um, moved and inspired by this whole movement of indigenous water protectors in uh, north america that rose up uh, in standing rock in 2016 and um, yeah this movement standing up to a pipeline with the slogan defend the sacred and so um with this with this movement we uh we stood like yeah see, seeing them standing up we stood up to the, to the fossil fuel industry here and then invited people to to meet at Tamara and this gave rise to this uh international alliance the defender sacred alliance where indigenous leaders and 
um, leaders of intentional communities and of social movements are coming together to support each other um, in this work of, of sacred activism. Mm. And so I feel that, um, yeah, it is, a, it is also very much anchored in local communities and it has very much to do with like learning community on a, on a global level, how we, how we support each other. Mm. Um, yeah. That leads right into my next question, actually. I'm curious as to how um, interdependent or in relation you are to other networks of communities and whether you have almost a, like a global forum of um, sharing insights of the evolution of ideas and processes and just how things are evolving and shaping and whether there is a greater network of communities helping each other on that path. Yeah, I think this is a very important question. I think I think that yeah, connecting uh, in global networks of genuine solidarity and mutual support, and also building shared visions together. I think this is so crucial in this time. I think that. Uh, yeah, also seeing how interconnected the, the globalized capitalist system is on a worldwide level. It really dares us to mm. connect and, and globalize as well. Of course, not in a, in a, in a domination paradigm, but really in a, in a way of empowering and also upholding diversity and localism, but nevertheless supporting each other. I think this is really important. And yeah, Tamara has developed its own uh, particular global network and is also part of networks of community. For example, the Global Eco-Village Network that is one of the strongest containers for this um, movement of intentional communities. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I just mentioned the Defender Sacred Alliance, which is, uh, yeah, is at the moment a circle of leaders from around the world that come together in um, mutual support and trust building and uh, shared action, shared prayer. Um, yeah, this is this is part of trying to um, like it, it is our joint search um, to 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 figure out what is like how can we how can we catalyze the political effect of sacred activism that is taking place on a local level. Like how can we combine this in a more potent global force where the sum um, of the parts, where the, where the whole is greater than the sum of the parts. Mm. And yeah, at the same time, we also, we also have, like we also stand in contact with different communities, um, some intentional communities in the Western world that also were inspired by Tamara, others, coming from completely different angles. Um, yeah, and, and it, I mean, we, we feel that in, in the, right now it is, it is really about like finding to these core values and, and uh, that allows people to, to, to build and maintain community at the deepest level. Mm. Where, where, where does Tamara sit right now in 
the sphere of having people come to stay and learn from you what 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 what's your like current like more of a, a real reality right now at Tamera are you having people come through or are you closed so at the moment we are not having people come through like we are we're actually closed um, we would like to have people come through again uh, this year, like when it's a bit warmer. Um, yeah, throughout this whole COVID crisis, we have been pretty much closed. Like very few people um, have come in. I mean, we, I must also add that we are like a community of mainly foreigners um, in, a, in a rural region uh, with many old people living here. So it is very important for us to be respectful and uh, yeah, not trigger unnecessary risk or fear in, in the surrounding populations. Um, but yeah, we, we very much would like to open and have people come through, um, stay with us, um, do courses here. Mm. It is also a financial uh, it also puts puts us in front of a financial impasse to not have people come. So this is also a reality, but we also very much feel like that many people are reaching out to us, especially in this, in, uh, throughout this COVID crisis. And uh, we feel that the, that the request and the search for community building is, is growing strongly. And so we also feel a certain responsibility to answer that. And one part for us is, growing our offers of online courses, but we feel that presential learning is of course really important when it comes to community. Um, but yeah, I cannot, I cannot actually say more than this. We very much would like to do it. Uh, and I think we have, we cannot really know what is going to happen, especially here in Portugal now. Mm -hmm. Well, Martin, I will let you go, but this has been such an incredible, really enlivening and inspiring conversation to have with you. You're an absolute visionary and we're really honoured to, to have had you speak with us today. We're also really humbled with our own visions of community, always in the, in the dreaming. And I hope to be in contact with, with more of the, the projects and evolution of Tamara and the network of communities and leadership programs and leaders and the voices of the future, essentially. Um, I'm definitely gonna be linking our community to your pages so that in the coming years, more people can come and have the visceral experience of being <laughs> in a field of trust and perhaps having their worldviews completely um, blown open. <laughs> so thank you. Yeah, thank you so much. It's really been a joy. And thank you also for your beautiful questions. Yeah. <laughs> and good luck uh, with all your endeavors in Australia and building community. And yeah, hope to stay in touch.